KCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Thanks for listening to Our Digital Future, Thursday mornings, 8.30 a.m. to 9 a.m., live on KUCI from the University of California, Irvine, college radio, non-mainstream, non-commercial. And I'm very excited for today's guest who we have on the line. Can you hear us? We've got Doug here. Thanks for calling in this morning. Oh, no. Thank you for talking with me. And I'm very excited to have Doug Jones here. Doug Jones is the Associate Programming Director for the Los Angeles Film Festival that's happening in the downtown uh, LA Live Nokia theater area. And this is uh, Doug Jones, Associate Director of Programming for the LA Film Fest. And I'd like to start out with how did you get involved with the film festival yourself? I know as myself, a former undergrad here from UC Irvine in Film and Media Studies, we have a lot of other people with the same background. Um, they're into film and media and maybe local film festivals, getting their films out to student film festivals, but maybe after they graduate they want to pursue a film career or become involved in film festivals as an associate director such as yourself. Um, what was your education history and um, career path that led you to where you are now as an associate director of programming for the LA Film Festival, which is a great job, a great position? Thanks. I mean, for me, it all started behind the popcorn stand of the uh, Hollywood Theater in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. I got my first job there when I was about... Actually, I was 14, and I lied and told them I was 15 so I could get the job. And, you know, from there, I've, I've just always been enamored of films, and I've always worked in some way or another with films. I went to film school, uh, did production, you know, worked on some film shoots growing up in the Midwest for a while. And then I started working with nonprofit arts organizations and university film societies, actually. My first job at a film festival was in Minneapolis at the uh, uh, film festival there. And then it's just been a kind of a, a gradual progression from Minneapolis. I then moved to San Francisco where I worked at the film festival there. And then eventually I came down to Los Angeles about 10 years ago now, and I've been working with the festival. And, you know, it's been a combination of watching a lot of movies, uh, talking to a lot of people, doing a lot of different things in film, which I really think helps inform what I'm doing now when I'm able to, when I'm watching a film for the festival, you know, I can relate to how much hard work is put into making a film, a short film, a music video, anything. It's to accomplish you know, to actually finish a film is an accomplishment for anybody. Yeah, as an, um, if you have a background, you said in film, film school and production, so do you continue that? Do you have time for that as, as a side hobby, or do you have to focus on being the associate director of programming? I have, mostly have to focus on the festival. I haven't made anything myself for years and years, which is probably for the best. I mean, I found... At a certain point, I found that my real passion was finding films and filmmakers and helping them get their films seen by other people. It wasn't so much about me making my own films. I still write a little bit now and again for you know various websites or magazines about films. But for the most part, I'm very focused on the festival and just sort of like discovering new and interesting things to bring to Los Angeles. So you're now in a great area. You said you've been here in Southern California for 10 years or just California in general? 
I've been in Southern California for 10 years, but then I was in Northern California for another 10 years. Wow, so how does that compare to Minneapolis area? I compare, I mean, it, I've been able to find both in San Francisco and in Los Angeles. You know, I've always lived in areas of town that have sort of a neighborhood feel. You know, like when I find, when I move, when I find a new apartment or I want to know if, you know, can I walk to a library? Can I walk to a grocery store? Can I walk to a video store? So, you know, I've always tried to live in those pockets of town that don't necessarily seem like the stereotypical Los Angeles you're driving all the time and there's no place to park areas. Yeah, well, we love libraries here. As um, Myself just finishing my Master's of Science in Library Information Science, I hope to be a film librarian or film archivist in the near future. And um, we love films as well, so I'm really excited to share with our Orange County listeners about the Los Angeles Film Festival. Which, um, How long have you had this position in the film festival? Um, for, for a while, I, got, I became associate director of programming for the festival, and I also work for uh, Film Independent is the overarching organization that produces the film festival, as well as the Spirit Awards, as well as sort of year-round programming at Film Independent at LACMA. So my primary focus is on the festival, but I work with other things occasionally year-round. And I've been doing that for the last um, three or four years. And when I originally came down here, my, my official title, my business card, Red Senior Programmer. But really the job has always remained very much the same. You know, it's about watching films and talking about films and sharing films with other folks. Yeah, speaking of film independent, I went to your screening at LACMA recently for Moonrise Kingdom. That was a very exciting opportunity. I'm really glad you guys provided that uh, way ahead of time, a week, I think, before it came out. Me too. I, w I was there as well. Yeah, it's a great film, and I'm happy that you can bring um, other films to light to the L.A. Film Festival, such as um, the documentary, The Iran Job. I'll be interviewing the director next week on my show for that. And um Myself, I've been to Iran twice, so I'm excited to watch the film and hear how they handled uh, making the documentary there. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a really interesting film because it deals, it's about an uh, African-American baseball or basketball player who goes over to Iran to become, to join one of their professional basketball teams. And I guess in Iran the rule is you can have two non-Iranians on a basketball team, and his his other you know teammate is a giant serbian but what's really interesting about the film is it's got the you know it's a sports documentary so you watch this team develop and get better and you know okay like move slowly towards the championship but at the same time the main character that we're following he's got such a great personality he's really charismatic and he strikes up this friendship with the, with these three women there uh a, his, a woman who's his physical therapist and then a couple of her friends. And what's really interesting is he learns about, you know, Iranian politics and society through these women who are very strong characters and very forward-thinking. And so it's, you know, very satisfying as a sports documentary, but it's a really interesting gateway into a very personal uh, and relatable look at what's going on over there with just people, you know, people trying to live their lives in Iran. 
Yeah, it's a very interesting uh, political climate over there. I know my, my cousins have a tough time of it. That they wish they had more freedom sometimes. But I'm I'm excited for that documentary to show how it is to everyone over here that wouldn't necessarily know that. Exactly. Like there there are scenes where they're just hanging out. You know, the women come over to the basketball players' apartment. You know, just to talk about the games, to talk about you know Iran, to talk about the government and politics. But simply the act of them going there and just casually sitting on the couch and having a conversation, you know, that's a political act. I mean, that's a, they're breaking the law and, you know, taking chances just to have this relationship with someone, you know, with an outside perspective. Yeah, I really, I really love that um, LA Film Festival can bring different types of documentaries um, to the public every year. It's a really great uh, program, so thank you. And also, I noticed there's um, all kinds of documentaries. I think there's one about an Elvis impersonator. Well, no, that's actually a fictional film, but he is a real-life Elvis. The, the main actor is a real-life Elvis impersonator. Uh, it's called The Last Elvis. It's a film from Argentine, Argentina. And, uh, yeah, it's a film about a man who only feels himself, only feels comfortable with himself when he's on stage, you know, impersonating the king. And he makes his friends and family call him Elvis. You know, he really only comes alive when he steps on stage, which, of course, is not the best way to live one's life, and it causes a few problems for him. But, you know, it's... as a, You know, they didn't find an actor and then teach him the, how to impersonate Elvis. They found an Elvis impersonator, and he is, as someone who's seen a few Elvis impersonators in my time, this one is really good. <laughs> oh, wow. Then in a way it is, he's just bringing himself to the camera, hopefully. That's a very exciting um, so narrative to, to keep an eye out for. And I see um, one of your, um, what is it, artists in residences is uh, Danny Elfman? Yes. How, how'd that happen? Well, every year we like to... We like to broaden the spectrum of the film festival. You know, it's not just about movies in the theater. That's obviously a huge part of it. But we like to kind of stretch out a little bit, and we don't want to put any limitations on what we're doing. So every year we like to reach out to people who are not necessarily known instantly as film people, you know, whether it be a musician, whether it be an author. You know, we had an architect a few years ago. And invite them to come to the festival to sit down and have a conversation on stage about their art, what they do, how that may, you know, relate back and forth with the world of film, what films have influenced them or inspired them in some way. And with Danny Elfman, I mean, he's, uh, you know, he actually, Oingo Boingo was actually one of the first real concerts I ever went to as a, as a teenager. So he's a musician that, you know, I've loved for years. And, of course, in recent times, he's better known as a composer for for film, for, I think he did the score for the new Cirque du Soleil program oh, really? that's going on in the Kodak Theater. He did, and, he did my uh, favorite film ever, Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Pee-wee's Big Adventure. I mean, what's great about Elfman is he's got these relationships with filmmakers, especially with Tim Burton, where, you know, they come back together time and time again and work again, you know, work with each other. And we asked him if he'd like to come and speak at the festival, and what he's going to do, rather than show a film like, say, Pee-wee's Big Adventure or, you know, another film that he's done the score for, he's actually going to sit down with Elvis Mitchell, and they're going to talk about other film scores that have influenced him. 
Oh. And they're going to play some clips of, you know, classic movies with classic scores. And Danny Elfman is going to, you know, rather than talking, dissecting his own work, he's going to dissect other people's work and talk about how their work from the past has influenced what he does now. So that should be, you know, that should be a really cool opportunity just to hear somebody talk about what they love and what they've been doing for years. And I love music and I love films, so what better conversation to hear than it's a conversation about music in films. Exactly. And that's all happening between June 14th and June 24th. That's coming up here at the L.A. Live area in downtown. Uh, I was there when you had that uh, Twilight World premiere or red carpet event. That was pretty crazy. You guys get some really great big... Um, red carpet events this this um, opening one is uh something but directed by woody allen featuring penelope cruz is that correct yeah our opening night film this year is uh woody allen's newest film called to roam with love and you know it's got a huge cast there's penelope cruz is in it uh ellen page alec baldwin uh roberto benini judy davis greta gerwig uh and woody allen himself he's you know, a lot of his films, he's kind of stayed behind the camera. This one, he's putting himself in front of the camera again. And it's one of it's it's a film like some that he's done where it's a bunch of different characters, a bunch of different stories, all in you know all set in Rome. So you're seeing all sorts of different angles, you know, perspectives on Rome. You know, there's a lot of being Rome and very romantic. You know, there's a lot of amore involved in a lot of what's going on. And it's, we're going to have the North American premiere of it at the festival. And what's doubly exciting is that Woody Allen is actually going to come here to the festival and to Los Angeles to be at the premiere. And, you know, Woody Allen is, of course, the quintessential New Yorker. So to get him to Los Angeles, we're all very excited about that. And then another big, we're closing the festival 10 days later with another big premiere. It's the world premiere of Magic Mike, which is the new Steven Soderbergh film with Channing Tatum and uh, uh, Matthew McConaughey, and it's it's sort of you know it's based on Channing Tatum's true life story. Before he was a famous actor, he served some time as a male dancer. Oh yeah, in, in Florida, and so this is kind of a tale, uh, sort of one, a classic you know showbiz tale of the rise and fall of a male dancer in Florida, and you know they're. This is very much, it's a really fun film. There's a lot of music, there's a lot of dancing, and the women in our office are very, very excited about it. <laughs> That's I great. Think, I think I've talked more about Channing Tatum's abs in the last few weeks than I've ever had before in my life. Oh, wow. Yeah, I just saw his uh, 21 Jump Street film. That was pretty funny. I didn't get to see that. I heard it was pretty good. Oh, yeah, I know uh, Jonah Hill is a good character. Um, I saw him on your red carpet when you had his film. Um, it was pretty cool. Yeah. And I mean, that's what, one thing that's nice about the festival, too, is, you know, we we have these big studio, you know, kind of like these big red carpet events. We have, you know, very small, much smaller, you know, independent productions. But even with the, the big fancy previews and galas that we have, you know, we try and make it very available for the public. You know, a lot of times you hear about these big premieres with the Klieg lights and red carpets. But it's something you could never get within 100 feet of. But at the festival, we really try and break that down and, you know, get just regular people who want to see movies, who love movies, give them the opportunity to come see the big flashy Hollywood stuff 
or you know small independent things that they're maybe never going to get a chance to see again. So yeah, it's maybe. nice to be able to have that balance of everything. I also heard you have special opportunities for college film students enrolled in um, college film courses this coming fall and everything. You can um, sign up for announcements of free screenings, and it's your Film Frenzy program. Yeah, Film Frenzy, it's a way, exactly. I mean, we know college students, you know, so, you know, film students, it's not like you have tons of disposable income. But, you know, we're, we're trying to make things easier, and you're trying... The most important thing for us is to kind of match, you know, match these films and these filmmakers with an audience. And, you know, Film Frenzy is just one of the ways that we do to kind of, like, try and find, you know, find the people who are really excited and passionate about some of these opportunities and, you know, bring everybody together. So, yeah, we have a program called Film Frenzy. We have, you know, a ton of different kinds of passes that people can buy if they want to make the commitment to, you know, like, I'm going to come see... 12 films over the course of the festival you know you can buy a special special pass to give you a little bit of a discount or if you're really hardcore you know and you're going to come see 25 or 30 films you know there are passes for that where you can get a pass you know come in kind of skip the lines enjoy things that are you know filmmaker lounge where you can relax relax between movies um or if you just you know you have one free night and you want to come check it out you can just buy individual tickets you know they're at the box office or on our website, lafilmfest.com. You know, we just we try to make it as, as easy and user-friendly as possible. Yeah, I, I see you have a conversation with Breaking Bad on uh, Saturday, June 16th. I know that's a good uh, show a lot of people are excited for. Yeah, I mean, they're going into their last 16 episodes this year, and we were talking to AMC, and we said we would love to have the cast and the crew, you know, Vince Gilligan, uh and his actors come to the festival and just sit down and talk, you know, whether they, you know, talk about what they've done, you know, because that show in a lot of ways has, you know, broken a lot of new ground in television. You know, there's, there's never been quite been a character like him in the past. So, you know, we want them to have, give them a chance to come down, actually get to interact with their fans. I mean, film fans, you know, film festivals, you often get to, you know, have a Q&A session with the, the directors, but TV, you know, people who work on TV, they don't always get that. There aren't that many TV festivals. So we wanted to have them come out, talk, you know, maybe answer some questions from the audience. Fingers crossed, give us give us a little sneak peek of what they're going to do this coming season. Um, and again, it's, you know, it's part of what the festival is about. It's not just about film. You know, it's about television. It's about music. It's about art, you know, different artists, so... We yeah. have another another TV thing. We're doing a a screening of the newsroom, which is the new Aaron Sorkin film that's going to be on HBO. And Aaron Sorkin and Alan Paul, well, the producer and the director of the first episode, they're going to come out. They're actually going to screen the entire uh, pilot episode, and then they're going to sit and talk about you know what it took to bring this this version, this fictionalized version of the twenty four hour news channel. Uh, to the screen and, you know, why HBO is the perfect place for it and what kind of stories they want to be telling. Yeah, I love how you get all the TV and HBO, everything out there to the audience. And this one looks like it's already sold out or it says Rush Line for the Breaking Bad. But people yeah. could still have opportunity to wait in the Rush Line, hopefully. Yeah, I mean, we, we when tickets, you know, we have a, a number of tickets that we just sell over the internet or whatever. 
And, but then what happens is when things get full, we things go on rush line. It's really simple, and actually, all that means is like if you come, you know, to the the theater that day, you can wait in the line. And you know, Los Angeles, even if people have bought their tickets or have totally intended to come see something or other, people flake. And we hate to have any empty seats in the theater. So what we do at a certain point, you know, once we see that. We've got all the audience in. Everyone who has tickets in, there are still thirty empty seats. So we start letting people in. You know, first come, first serve. People who have been waiting in the rush line. And I, you know, I have to say, as a as a as a method for filling the theater, it works really great. I think last year there was only one film that had a rush line that we didn't successfully get every person in the rush line into the theater. So even if you can't buy a ticket. If you've got a little bit of time and you're a little bit of patience, come down and stand in the rush line, and chances are really pretty good you're going to get in. Whether it's you know the Breaking Bad panel, which is a very hot ticket, or you know even opening and closing night for those big the Woody Allen and Steven Soderbergh film, we're going to have a rush line for those because we don't want to show a movie to empty theater seats. We want people. If there's somebody who wants to be sitting in one of those seats, we want to get them in there. Oh, nice! That's exciting. I know. Last year, I saw the screenwriters panel, and you had writers from HBO shows like uh, Big Love and other great stuff. That was a very interesting talk to hear how people get to writing big films like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, we also, in addition to yeah, like I was saying, all the other, all the movies and things, we have a lot of panels and conversations that go on during the festival, and we have a series that we've been doing for years and years called Coffee Talks. Where it's four panels. It's a, a panel of directors, a panel of actors, composers, and screenwriters, and it's just a chance for three or four actors to get together, you know, along with an audience, and sit down and kind of talk about what they do. You know, talk about their craft. I mean, this year I know we have for like the composers panel, uh, Cliff Martinez is going to do it, and he's the he's the guy who did the score to Drive last year, which is a really phenomenal wow. score. You know, for the actors, we have Jason Isaacs, who you know Harry Potter fans will know that he was in all the Harry Potter films. Uh, but he was in, you know, he's been in a lot of films. Green Zone. He was just on that TV series. So he's going to be there uh, for screenwriters. I mean, we have John August, who's you know a great screenwriter. Jonathan Nolan, who's you know the screenwriter of say The Dark Knight Rises, which is coming out soon. Uh, Zach Penn, who did you know The Avengers and The Incredible Hulk. So that will be, you know, a great conversation between colleagues and you know screenwriters about how they approach their subjects and how they approach characters and what their working method is. So, I mean, seeing films can be very inspirational and very educational to you know filmmakers, you know, people who want to be filmmakers, people who are going through film school or are, you know working on their first film or working on their first script. But at the festival, they also have a chance to actually go and hear people who may be. More established, or who may be just a few years further along in their career than you know that aspiring screenwriter might be. Yeah, I remember. You know, it's about watching movies, but it's also about talking about movies. Yeah, being、um, two or three years from UCI's Film and Media Studies, I miss the conversations that come right after watching the film, and so I'm really glad that、um, Film Independent and LA Film Festival can provide that for us here in LA. Yeah, and some of the best film conversations people have at the film festival, honestly, while they're standing in line and talking to, you know, the, their other 
moviegoers, you know, the person who's standing in front of them in line. And, you know, you see people whipping out notebooks and, you know, comparing notes about what they've seen and what they liked and what they're going to see next and what they've heard about. So, I mean, it's, it's just a great, a great, you know, kind of community just builds up there and, you know, the L.A. Live district and, you know, downtown of just film lovers and film enthusiasts and filmmakers. And you never know who you're going to bump into when you go, you know, buy a popcorn. Yeah. And, and I also love uh, riding bicycles, and I see that you're screening E.T. on uh, Friday, June 15th with the Bike Valet and lots of, it's like a free event, correct, on uh, Figaro and 7th? Yeah, I mean, we do a bunch of free events, and both inside, you know, in a movie theater, but we also always do some ni- nice outside, you know, outdoor screenings. And this year at, at Figit 7th, we're doing two screenings and uh, films that are celebrating their 30th anniversary, two classic science fiction. One of them is E.T., and we are. It, it is indeed kind of it's like a bike-in theater, you know, like a drive-in theater. We're encouraging people to ride their bikes down there. There will be bike valet, which is something I didn't even know existed <laughs> until we had this idea of having people ride their bikes to come see E.T. But we'll have bike valets. I think there's going to be food trucks. There'll be some kind of like prizes and some fun things going on uh and it's just you know that's it's a classic movie and you know i still i just watched it not so long ago with my son and it's still kind of 30 years later it still is irresistible and it will still make your heart tighten up just a little bit at those climactic moments that i won't spoil for anyone who heaven forbid may not have actually seen it by now uh we're also going to be screening what I would say is easily the best Star Trek film, Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. <laughs> and we're going to be screening that outdoors, 7th and Fig. Equally, you know, we're going to do some special things with that, not the least of which is Mr. Leonard Nimoy. Spock himself will be coming down to our screening to wow. say hi and welcome the audience. So, if, awesome. you know, if you're a Trekkie, if you have that Star Trek costume on a hanger in the back of your closet... Dust it out. Come on downtown. See the movie for free. I love uh, Star Trek: Next Generation personally. Oh really? You know, I have to, for the mo- for the TV show. I've probably seen more Next Generation. For the movies, though, I've always kind of preferred the the classic cast, the original cast. Yeah, it's really great when you bring back uh, classic films. I know for Film on Dependent, you did one with. Uh, Lady Sings the Blues and Billy Dee Williams was there to talk at LACMA right after the film and that was, to me, that was a trip seeing him on screen as his young budding actor and then there he comes out at his original age currently. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what's nice is, you know, the festival and indeed what Film Independent does year-round, I mean, it's a great opportunity to do that, to kind of go back and revisit films that, you, you know, maybe people have never seen or maybe things that they've seen 15 times, but we're going to do it, and, you know, the filmmaker's going to be there, or Billy D. Williams, you know, one of the actors is going to be there. You know, it's going to, you know, everybody goes to movies. Every weekend, everyone's, you know, checking the newspaper to see what they need to go see this weekend. And that's great. I mean, I, lo- I love going to movies. I go to movies all the time. But, you know, being able to go to things at a film festival where you know that, this movie isn't going to be hanging around for the next three weeks. This may be one of the only times it'll ever screen in Los Angeles. Or, you know, when the movie's over and the credits start rolling, you don't have to bolt for the door. You know, you stick around because the filmmaker's going to be there to do a Q&A and, you know, kind of answer some questions about the movie. 
uh, right there live in person. I mean, that's a really unique experience. And it's easy to get in Los Angeles, especially where, you know, we're all surrounded by the film industry every day. It's easy to kind of take some of those things for granted. But, you know, there have been, you know, there can be really amazing moments that come out of bringing a filmmaker, be it a director, an actor, producer, you know, a screenwriter, whoever, bringing them together with an audience who's just experienced their work. I mean, it can be, I've seen some great, amazing things happen in Q&As afterwards. Oh, yeah, and I want to thank you for your time here on our show, which is now at an end. This is Doug Jones, everyone that's, we've been talking to the Associate Director of Programming for the LA Film Festival here on KCI is the radio station bringing this interview to you. Thank you so much for your time, Doug, and have a good day today. Oh, you too. Thank you so much, and I hope to see you downtown Los Angeles at the festival. I'll be there. Thanks for All sharing. Right, excellent. Have a good day. Bye. Bye. Thanks again to Doug for calling in and talk about the LA Film Festival, which is happening at LA Live downtown area. June 14th to 24th, that's coming up. Stay tuned. Next week, we'll be talking to the director of one of the documentaries featured. It's called The Iran Job. So check us out next week, Our Digital Future, 8.30 to 9. Stay tuned now for Nonprofits for Us, the 9 to 10 a.m., the world of nonprofit organizations with Deanne Crane. Thanks for listening to KCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. University of California, Irvine, provides the community with Orange County's only School of Medicine and University Medical Center. Hi, I'm Dr. Ralph Clayman, Dean of the UC Irvine School of Medicine. I'm happy to bring you this medical moment. UC Irvine has more than 85 physicians named among America's best doctors who practice at our new UC Irvine Douglas Hospital in Orange and at Gottschalk Medical Plaza in Irvine. In addition to providing advanced medical care to our patients, our faculty physicians are committed to research that will improve medical care to people everywhere through better disease prevention and treatment. Our efforts are summed up in our mission, Discover, Teach, Heal. Here is one of UC Irvine's renowned physicians to provide you with an important health care insight in this medical moment. Did you know that one out of every three American women will have a hysterectomy by the time she's 60? More than one-third of these operations are performed to treat non-cancerous tumors in the uterus called fibroids. Hi, I'm Scott Goodwin, an interventional radiologist with UC Irvine Healthcare and chairman of the Radiological Sciences Department. I'm here to tell you that a woman doesn't always need to have her uterus surgically removed through hysterectomy to treat uterine fibroids. There is an alternative procedure that spares not only the uterus, but usually a woman's fertility as well. That can be great news for a woman in her reproductive years. Millions of American women suffer from uterine fibroids. They cause a wide range of debilitating symptoms, from severe pelvic pain and pressure to heavy bleeding. Fortunately, we have a new, minimally invasive method to eliminate fibroids, and it's performed in the radiology department, not in the operating room. 
Several years ago, I pioneered a procedure called uterine artery embolization, or UAE. Basically, with UAE, we shrink the fibroids by cutting off their blood supply. The procedure requires only a tiny incision near the groin. Using a narrow tube, we release microscopic particles into the arteries that supply blood to the tumors. These particles form a blockade, starving the tumors of nourishment. UAE involves no blood loss, stitches, scars, general anesthesia, nor lengthy hospital stay. More than 90% of women who have UAE experience relief from their symptoms, and most patients return to work within a week or two. Although studies are still needed to be definitive, there are many reports of women getting pregnant after UAE. It's important for women to know all their options for treating uterine fibroids. UAE may be the right choice. For more information, call 714-456-7517. Once again, the phone number is 714-456-7517. At the University of California, Irvine Healthcare, we are fond of saying that because we continue to fulfill our mission of Discover, Teach, Heal, tomorrow's care happens here today. This is Dr. Ralph Clayman, Dean of the University of California, Irvine School of Medicine. Thank you for listening to this Medical Moment on KUCI. For more information, please visit us at ucihealth.com or call us toll-free at 877-824-3627 or 877-UCI-DOCS.